Did you really? That was real French? Somebody in the house, is that real French? What were you saying? It's a mystery. David, where did you come from? That's what I want to know. Your mother, your father, what is it? Your father? Mihai, you always look so, you know. It's a facade. Oh, you people, I love my people. I love my church. I love every single one of you guys. I think there's so much inside of each one of you guys. Oh, my word. If we weren't, you know, restricted by time and space. We could be all buddies all the time, right? Okay, thank you so much for preaching my sermon already. What am I gonna do? Keep it rolling? I'm telling you, I've been rewriting it down there, right there. You, you've been thinking I've been getting into Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, what do I do? Because uh, <clears throat> it's all done. <laughs> but we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna take it a little bit farther, amen? So it's going to be very different than first service, uh, but I really believe that this is the word of the Lord. You know, we are in a time and a season right now where it feels like, um, you know, it used to be words and seasons would come into the church and it would last like months of like, or even years of a certain message. And then we would hit another message and it would last for a long time. And now it's like, it's a day and that one's done. Okay, now, and then a whole new one is coming at us. And, uh, it's, it's really true. So, you know, I could start working at the beginning of the week on a word, and by the time Sunday comes, it's wrong because we've gone to the next one. And we find ourselves here today, 2020, November 1st. We're almost done with it, people. If you can hold on for another, what, 60 days? <laughs> 60 days? Here we are. We are two days out from elections. Are we all happy or not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we all stand on that. And, uh, you know, last weekend, Dwayne and I found ourselves in D.C. and doing all of that amazing stuff there, prayer and praise and movement over the nation and just change and amazing things happening and just crazy things. And then we uh, uh, had a staff meeting this Tuesday. So that was, we came home on Monday, Tuesday, we had staff meeting and staff meeting blew up. Usually it's about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, two hours. And uh, uh, it went like four, four and a half hours of ugly crying, snotting, prayer, just laying our lives down before each other, just a unifying, clarifying, repenting, washing. Who in here was in that meeting? Stand up. So you're looking at the leadership of this church, and I don't think we'll ever be the same, right? We'll never be the same. You can sit down. But as we go, yes, they are great people. As we go, so go you. And uh, so it's my dream and desire here today to share a little bit about what happened, where we went, and why we went there. Because I believe that as you go, the church goes. As our church goes, the remnant goes, you know what I mean? And, and as the church goes, so goes the nation 
The nation is a prodigal son. Our nation is a prodigal son. Our nation grew up in the house of the father. And our nation needs to come back. Our nation needs to do this. And it is my prayer and my desire and my goal that we will see it happen. There are many sitting in this room that have never seen a move of God, that have never seen a move of God, that have never felt and tasted and touched of revival. But I am here to say that these people, the ones sitting in this room, in Jesus' name, we will not go to our graves without tasting, without touching, without feeling what revival truly is and what the presence of God does in our life. And his plan for humanity in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to start off, and I don't know where we're headed, okay? So let's just do this thing, because everything's all blown out of proportion. But I will start with some Bible, okay? So let's uh, open up your Bible to uh, Matthew 13, verse 24. And before I read it, I'm going to just say that have you ever had a scripture that you just don't like? Why is that in there? And if it was up to me, I would do it totally different. I do not like that. That does not make sense. And that does not line up with my, my belief of how God should be because he should be me, right? Y'all are laughing at me inside. So I do not like this scripture, but I think it is today's scripture. Okay, I don't like it. Let's see if you like it. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. And while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, and then the weeds also appeared, the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he said. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go out and pull them up? Now, I have an answer to that. My answer is absolutely yes. Get on out there. Get that stuff out of there because I want my good stuff to grow and I hate weeds. Get them out of there. We got to have a good crop. That's my answer because isn't that smart? It's the way I would think. But what does the man say? He says, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them and bo let both grow together until harvest. Let both grow un together until harvest. This is where our world is at right now. Weeds and seeds. Weeds and seeds, and they've been left to grow until harvest. They've been left to grow until harvest. And I, so weeds and seeds, they, they compete. Weeds and seeds compete. They compete for ground. They compete for space. They compete for nutrition. They, they compete for the water. They compete. And eventually one will win out over the other and one will grow stronger and influence the other and the other will become less and less. Right? And that's the place that we find ourselves in this generation and every single generation faces this. And every single generation has its fight. Every generation has the enemy's strategies coming at it in a different way. And every generation has its, its tipping point. And every generation is met with tension. Lucifer was in heaven. 
before the formation of, God, of the world. And Isaiah 14 tells us that he rose up in pride and arrogance into himself and wanted all of the, he wanted control. He wanted to be in charge. He wanted to rise up and he was trying to usurp God and God threw him and cast him down to the earth. And that's before creation. So when you open up Genesis 1-1 and you read those opening words where, uh, let's, let's read them very quickly. I didn't put them. It says, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless. The word formless means without purpose, nothing there, and empty, unfulfilled. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That is a picture of what the enemy does. Darkness, no form, no purpose, a mess, a wreck, nothing living, nothing live, nothing vibrant, nothing dead. For the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that is his purpose, and that is his influence. But the next verse, the next verse, God never leaves it just like that. He says, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want you to notice that's before sun and moon and stars. Light came into all of that darkness, all of that unformedness, and God became present. And from that moment forward, there has been a tension. The last thing that he created was you, human being. And right smack dab in the middle of Satan's domain, right where he had been cast down to and where he was abiding, God said, okay, you know what? I am going to put my image right in the middle of him, right down there. They're going to look like me. They're going to sound like me. They're going to be like me. They're going to have an intellect and they're going to have emotion and they're going to have, they're going to have everything that is like me. They're going to be just like me and there's going to be a lot of them. And they're going to walk that place where Satan is trying to dwell. And they are going to taunt him with everything they do. Did you know that everything you are, you just being, makes the enemy gnash his teeth? Because you are the image of God. You are, and you have the power in your mouth to speak God's words and bring his word into being. Do you realize what you have in you? Do you realize that you're just sitting there being alive, just grates on the enemy? And he wants to take everything and bring it back down to where it was, formless, void, black, dark, dead, nothing, broken, everything broken, and no, no life, no springing forth, no light, no light, get it down and down and down and down. But the image of God inside of you responding to who he is, is the exact opposite, pulling exactly the opposite direction all the way into life and life more abundantly, light, life generation, coming forth, healing everything. There's a tension. Do you feel it? And if the enemy can't have you because you've decided to be a, a child of God, if you see, you have a will. God has a will too. He chose you. He, he has this thing called a will and he gave it to you. And if you have chosen him, Satan's lost you. 
He's lost you. But you know what he can do? He can come along and just little by little just chink away. He can start bugging you. He can start bringing negativity. He can just start, start, and he's insidious. He's just, he's a dripping faucet. He's a thing that comes at us all the time and goes, ah, well, you know, ah, well, you know. And then somebody comes along and hurts you, and now you have an offense, and now you have this, and now you're like, oh, man, and he, he does everything he possibly can to draw you away. Suck the life out of you so that as you are trying to grow as a seed, the, the, you've, you've lost your nutrition. Seeds and weeds, weeds and seeds. And if the enemy can get into our minds where the light of God shines and bring even a shadow of doubt. Even, even the, the slightest turning of light towards darkness, he can get a foothold. And our thinking becomes twisted And that little spot becomes a place now where we're not unified with God any longer. And we're starting to separate. We're starting to go away. We're starting to get a little darker. When we're supposed to be bright and light shining. But I want you to see. I want you to see how insidious the enemy is. How slowly and insidiously this can be. But that's not where we're supposed to be, right? Amen? In this tension, in this tension, in this tension, Father wants us as seeds of light to be so grafted into him, so set, so deeply, so rooted, so deeply into who he is that any time a thought comes through our brain of, of anything that is not of his image, that this sap comes from him and it goes, you know what, that ain't right. That we might be so engrafted into him that as John 15 says, you are grafted into him and you are a branch that grows and is very fruitful. But what is it that pulls us away? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it, what is it that darkens our minds? Because Romans 1 talks so much about darkened minds. Read it. I'm not going to read it here today. Where humanity will allow things to just kind of let go. And we've already, you know, we've already talked about it, but right now I was going to turn over to, to the prodigal son. I want to turn there because I want to, to spend the rest of here today talking about this because I think the prodigal son is the most powerful passage. The most powerful passage for humanity 
because it brings us back to that tension of who we're going to follow, what we're going to do, how is this going to work? How do we get away from daddy? We start there. Let me just read it. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. Now I'm going to stop right there. A man who has two sons, a family. It's wonderful. It's very loving. It's together. It's, it's a great place to be, a, a dad and two sons, and it's safe, and it's good, and it's, it's wonderful, and there's nourishing going back and forth. The younger one said to his father, and here's where things start going wrong. The younger one says, Father, give me my share. Give me my. Everybody say, me, my. All of a sudden, the son becomes very enamored by himself. Give me my. I want mine. I'm going to watch out for me. What about me? It's, and this thing rises up inside of this son that's going to completely shift his trajectory. Me, my. It is said that self is one of the greatest sins of mankind. Selfishness, self, me, my. And he, he rose up and he said, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now there's division. Now there's division. Now there's a separation. Anytime you fight for you, anytime you become your most valued possession, anytime it's about you, you have separated yourself. There is a division. Separate. They separated. Oh, brothers and sisters, it is not about me and my. And the American dream is about me and my. Independence. But Father is saying, no, it is not about me and my. It's about me. It's a humbly yielding to me. When is it now you? There's a separation. Not long after that, the younger son got all he had together, and now there's true separation. Now he set off for a distant country. What caused him to go from being a part of a family now to taking his and going somewhere else? But we find ourselves in our humanity doing that, creating our own kingdoms. And there he squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went out and he hired himself to, as a, to a citizen of that country. People of God, when we demand from God, our stuff, me, my, 
and then we separate ourselves, you're going to find yourself indentured in a country that you are not a citizen of. And this citizen sent him out to the fields to feed pigs, and he longed to fill his stomach with the pods and the pigs that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So he's in a big old pile of mess. How many of you ever found yourself in a big old pile of mess? None of you? You might not be there right now, but probably at some... Yeah, help Devin. His hand didn't go up. <laughs> but here is the beginning of revival. This country finds itself in a very big pile of mess. This country, America, we started, covenanted to the God of heaven. But we find ourselves in a big pile of mess. Verse 17, this is it. This is the crux. This is the beginning of revival, people. This is it right here. When he came to his senses. When he came to his senses. What happened there? You don't come to your senses if you used to be sensible and then left your senses. He used to be a son of his father and he separated away and, and self became very important, but he came to his senses. When you come back to your senses, it's like if you read in the, uh, you know, you look it up and you, you try to figure this out. It's like you wake up from being unconscious. It's like you wake up from this, like, what in the world am I doing? When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare when I am starving to death? I will set out and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. He made a shift. This is the second step to revival. And then he said, but while he was still a way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. I yearn for this for every single one of you right now. Because God wants to do a move in this nation. And he can't do a move in the nation until he does a move in the church. And he can't do a move in the church until he moves you. You personally. And I want to just take a moment right now. And I want, I want the band to come on up. I want us right now. Boy, we're facing these elections. How many of you guys are, what are you feeling going into this, this week? Victory. Victory. We got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. But I'm telling you what, we can win an election, we can lose the soul still. Tuesday's going to come and go, but we're still going to be faced with a nation that is bankrupt of spirit and soul. Tuesday can come and go, but if the heart of this nation does not come to its senses and say, 
My father's house is a better house than this. We will continue to be in such enmity in this nation. We will continue to walk in brokenness in this nation and division and violence and unrest and innocent blood being poured out day by day and murders happening on the streets by a daily basis. We will continue in that even no matter who wins on Tuesday. We desperately need we desperately need every soul sitting in this room right here and now to search their hearts and if there's any self in it right now any self any give me my I want, I'm tired, I don't want to, I don't feel like it. No, Father, I'm going to do my thing, my will. If there's anything in this room, we desperately need this room to come to your senses. Because me and my has created a place of separation from the Father. We desperately need this room, this room, to humble myself and repent, 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 repent for anger, repent for rebellion, repent for
your senses. It's not worth it. The little bit of animosity you hold in your heart, it's not worth it. Get rid of it. Go. It's time wasted.
Notice as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Some of you right now feel like you're dying, that you're going to die, you're going to lose your life. But God says, that's okay. Proverbs 29, 23 says, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. James 4, 6, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, he is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Oh, Father God. Jeremiah 44, 10, but they have not become contrite. Even to this day, they have not become contrite. Lord, I ask you that you will never be able to say that of me, Lord. right now I come to my senses and I say Father God Father God Father God forgive us forgive us forgive us our sins Father God, would you join with me right now and pray? 
Father God, I declare right now we are coming to our senses, Lord Jesus. We are hearing your cry. We are hearing your call. We are hearing your beckoning. And we are listening. And we are running to you. We get up and we run to you. such a spirit of love only you can do this we can't the only thing we have to be is contrite and humble and pray and you heal our nation
gotta go, you just go. If you got kids, go pick them up. Bring them back in if you want. Love on one another. Do what you gotta do. Come on, let's sing. Come on, what are you doing? And I come to a sense. Yes.